0: Episode number three, what does the fourth industrial revolution mean for me as a leader? Um, This is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've just finished writing a book on um, leading in the digital age and what it takes to lead effectively in the digital age. So this episode is really kind of building on the first two, which have looked at what are the broad societal implications of the fourth industrial revolution? Um. How will those those big technological megatrends impact the future of work? We're going to kind of funnel down in the rest of these episodes to look at what does the fourth industrial revolution mean for leaders themselves? What can you do as a leader to prepare yourself, prepare your team, uh, your peers, and your organization for the future of work as things become more automated, as the pace of change becomes faster and faster and faster. How can you uh, take action and um, begin future-proofing yourself, your team, and your organization? So I want to start in this episode in looking at, there are five new rules of leading in the digital age that I've blogged about on Medium.com and, and I, I can share that link with this but there are there's there are major major rules that are changing as it relates to what it means to be an effective leader in the future of work but in this podcast I want to start simply with um, the notion of presence and how leaders have to become more present in their thinking in their actions and um, in, in their emotional management in order to effectively win followers in the future of work. Because I have to tell you, I, <laughs> the majority of the work that I do with leadership teams, this is, this is VP level teams and above, has to do with understanding who they are in relationship to one another and effectively collaborating, um, building healthy, trusting relationships. It's staggering to me how much Uh, teens struggle with defining what their shared purpose is and how they need to work together to accomplish and fulfill that shared purpose and accomplish their goals. So um, the the pace with which change is happening in the future of work is so great that leaders really need to master this first um, by mastering what I call leadership presence. So we've all probably... Said or even heard at some point in time. Wow, you know she really has great leadership presence. Or maybe you've heard he's he would be a fantastic leader. He's got to work on his leadership presence. Uh, you've probably heard this or said things like this at some point in your uh, in your career as a leader or in simply being a follower of other leaders. He's got the leadership. Presence of a smurf, you know, something to that effect. Um, because we know as human beings, the way that a leader comes off, the way that a leader shows up it is important to us, whether we're following them or whether we're a peer to them or, or whether we're the leader, him or herself. Um, the persona that we project is very important. That's one kind of presence. The type of leadership presence that, that I'm talking about today and the type of leadership presence that I talk about in the book is a little bit different. That type of leadership presence is, uh, you know, some would call it mindfulness. Some would call it uh, uh, being in the moment. Uh, that th- Those words might sound a little new agey to you, and that's fine if they do, um, because they are. This is a new age. This is the digital age. And uh, what's required of leaders is different, and and so the, the the type of presence that I'm talking about is having presence of thinking, being fully present in how you process uh, what's happening in your environment, presence of feeling, how you process certain triggers within the environment that might uh, emotionally trigger you to react in in a certain way, and presence of feeling. Uh, or rather, uh, presence of acting. So, how you respond to those triggers and emotions within your environment, and this is different than than simply um, being a more emotionally intelligent leader. Um, this is really a holistic um, kind of way that I'm talking about presence: is of of thinking, feeling, and acting. And so while it does begin with kind of that that double-sided coin of of the fight or flight, you know, thoughts and emotions that 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 are triggered in you, it really does extend into having greater presence with your with your actions in terms of what you say, what you do, how uh being aware of how followers will respond to that. So where did this idea come from? I, I got this idea. Um I've always been really interested in kind of the uh, the mind-body connection and, and and how that plays out in my own life, how it plays out in my own leadership, but but also in, in looking at how it plays out among clients. And the nice thing about being a consultant and an advisor is that you get to be kind of on the, you know, you get to get into the heads of your clients, but at the same time you're detached enough from their world that you can say, wow, that is a really interesting human dynamic that is playing out. And, uh, you know, I am very fortunate that that is not a part of my world right now. Or, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate that I can help this leader um, make sense of this dynamic and, and behave in ways that that help them get what they're trying to get done through their followers uh, better. So, th- I was interviewing a retired Navy captain a few years ago, and um, he was he was the head of a of a big Washington D.C. Organization, and I was interviewing him about what pivotal professional and life experiences had taught him the most about who he was as a leader, and he shared this awesome story that I want to kind of retell to you today. But he he was a young commander uh, on on a ship, and he was navigating the crew into some pretty um, hostile uh, territory, uh, or what had quickly become potentially hostile. Um, and, and, and what, while, while things hadn't gotten bad and, you know, no shots were fired or anything like that, the, the radio communication that, that they were exchanging back and forth between this, uh, enemy ship and, and his own was, um, uh, it, it wasn't looking good. So he said he was standing on the bridge and uh, While well, I've never been on a on a ship like this uh you know uh, assumingly there's there's ten or fifteen of his crew members sitting around. He said he was standing next to this kind of a half wall and he put his elbow on the wall and put his forehead into his hand and just let out a sigh and he said, in that moment he looked up and and he had all these pairs of eyes wide eyed, full of fear looking directly back at him and he and he said i don't even know what i said in that next moment but i i straightened my spine up i i gave a few orders for people to um, take a few actions and and he said boy in that moment did i learn a powerful lesson and the lesson was is that having presence of mind in terms of of how you show up is really important Um, He said he learned, and I quote, these are his words, not mine, um, learned about the power of being present as a leader, and and basically that how you show up, your state of thinking, feeling, and acting really matter, really matter. And, And I mean, for some of you, this might sound like common sense because you're just so cool, calm, and collected. Congratulations, you're perfect. Uh, but for others of us who, who who struggle with this stuff every day, um, it isn't that easy. So I've written this chapter because one, I believe that getting better at this is something that that leaders have to do, and 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 two, it's all that much more important because the complexity of the changes, the the treacherousness, if you will, of the waters that we're steering our ships into, are. Getting the stakes are getting higher and and the decisions are getting more complex. So I, I've written uh, this chapter kind of in a in a three tiered way. So I, I want to help leaders develop presence within themselves. I want them to be able to cultivate in their relationships and with with followers and peers presence in others. And I want to help them cultivate what I'm calling cultures of presence that leaders absolutely set that tone. For whether you're a leader, an executive leader, or a team leader, leaders set that tone for an environment that is more present. So, how do you cultivate presence in self? This is a really personal topic. So, let's get real, friends. Um, some of us don't have a practice of of cultivating presence in ourselves. We don't have a daily ritual. Some of us do. Some of us journal, some of us meditate, some of us engage in exercise and, and, and kind of get our head right and our hearts right while we're exercising. Some of us go to church and engage in prayer. Some of us might sit in our office with the door closed, with our eyes closed for just a few minutes and take a few deep breaths. Look, I don't care what you do to... To maintain presence of thinking, I just care that you do something. I care that the leaders who are making the kinds of decisions that are going to impact the institutions, schools, businesses, the economy. Um, our our government regulatory agency, I care that they're doing something to take care of their own heads. Because if they're just waking, you know, getting four hours of sleep per night and running around like a bunch of ragged idiots making bad decisions, which I see happen, we see it in the news every day. People are making terrible decisions and engaging in behaviors that show a fundamental lack of presence of thinking. Um. And and those impact people around them. I don't want those people making decisions that impact me. So as leaders, I want to make sure that, one, people understand the importance of this for themselves and their organization. But, two, that they have the resources and that they have strategies and that they have tools and that they have techniques and that they have methods by which they can get their heads around some of the stress and complexity that they're leading through, and that involves really keeping at the heart of your thinking, feeling, and acting what is the desired result that you want to affect in the world, what is the result, the goal, the objective that you want to achieve, and then starting with thinking, starting with gaining presence of thinking, whether that's taking a pause, in one deep breath, to have the presence of thinking and the presence of feeling to say I think I'm going to have to defer that decision until a later time. Whether that is having the presence of thinking to say I do know how I feel about this topic. This goes against the values that I hold dear as a leader. It goes against the values of the organization and I Cannot stand for this in the moment and make simply making the call. That's great, too. Maybe it's sitting in full lotus position on your desk like a yogi and getting your act together. Look, I don't. if that works for you, that's cool. Go with it. But for goodness sake, do something to be more present as a leader. The world may depend on it. So... Uh, you know, I don't want to belabor this. There's a lot of great tools that I introduce in this chapter that quite frankly, I am very, very excited as we get closer to the launch of this book to to share these tools with you. But again, they really focus on cultivating presence in self, cultivating presence in others, and cultivating a culture of presence within your workplace. Um, some of the tools that I introduce are. Are kind of neuroscientific and psychological in nature. They are they are techniques that are based in brain science, and um, really really helpful, simple simple techniques. Some of the tools and techniques are are facilitative techniques. They're how you can uh, you know once you've got your head in in your emotions in check. What are some of the actions you can take? in terms of guided conversations between you and peers that you need to strengthen your relationship with. Some of the tools are um, uh, facilitative tools for how do you have meetings that are more present. And I kind of give you some guides in the book about how to facilitate those meetings to really kind of harness the power of the moment, the power of the presence of others, and to really kind of... uh, realize some emergent possibilities and potential that otherwise, without that presence, you probably would have missed. Um, so again, if leaders don't develop tools and techniques and strategies for developing greater presence of thinking, feeling, and acting, um, boy, they are just going to get steamrolled by these megatrends that are really shaping the future of work. Um They won't be as as sort of true to their values as we, again, we see in the news every day. Leaders won't be able to be as entrepreneurial and innovative as, as their customers and business models will demand without presence of thinking, feeling, and acting. And ultimately, their organizations won't be as agile. They won't be as fast and as nimble as the marketplace and their customers demand. So for today, my recommendations to you would be to start paying attention to your mind. Start paying attention to your thoughts, patterns of thinking, patterns of feeling, patterns of responses. Ask people, hey, how am I showing up? I don't don't feel as present as I probably should these days. How are you experiencing me? Start a different quality of conversation. And, and begin having those dialogues to to meet some of the other demands that uh, of leading in the digital age that I will cover in future podcasts. So if you are struggling with these topics, just start by paying attention to your mind and taking a few deep breaths um, because the work that you are doing matters. The decisions that you are making are extraordinarily important, And uh, the world needs better leaders like you. So thank you for tuning in for today. I'm Dr. Chris Grosker with the Future-Focused Leadership Podcast. And I look forward to seeing you in the future, my friends. Make it a good day.